0: This is GamesAtWork.biz, your weekly podcast about gaming, technology, and play. Your hosts are Michael Martin, Andy Piper, and Michael Rowe. The thoughts and opinions on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests alone, and are not the opinions of any organization which they have been, are, or may be affiliated with. This is episode three
1: hundred and sixty. Bark is less than bite. Hello, welcome again to gamesatwork.biz, your weekly technology podcast. My name is Andy Piper and I'm coming to you from my recording studio in the west side of London, England. And with me today are two good friends of mine. And I'm going to throw it across to you, Mr. Michael Rowe. How are you doing, sir?
0: I am well, Andy. Uh, it is a uh unceasably I think average temperature today it was really warm yesterday uh, <laughs> and it was supposed to be unseasonably cold but it's not it's like normal which is I'd rather it be cold today here uh-huh. in beautiful games at work studio
2: <laughs> <dot> biz
0: <laughs> how about you Michael, Michael how it? are you
2: <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody. Greetings from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, uh, where I have my studio, and where we're joined all virtually together. And uh, I'm doing doing well as well, and delighted to be here with with the both of you guys. Um, you should be. You should be delighted.
0: I am. You're, a, you're right. a lucky. This, lucky this man. is the the delight of the week.
2: Yeah, it is. It, it is. It is a highlight of every week. You know, I look forward to this time so much. <laughs> It, it 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 is. I, I agree. Kind of makes me a bit sad,
1: but never mind. <laughs> well, it makes me sad. Well, that well I'm notice not- he said a
0: highlight, not yeah, the that's highlight. Right. He, did. he did. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, there, there there are other highlights, too. You know, there are things we need to look forward to. And it's, you know, not the only one, but it is an important one. Um, so we have got another interesting set of links and stories and so on for you, our audience, you. Um, and let's kick things off with um, a slightly older article. This is one that was published in January in Bloomberg Business Week. Say that three times fast. Bloomberg Business Week. <laughs> And, I think uh, that's a takeoff from another podcast that used that all the time. Yeah, there, there was there was <laughs> something for that. So the article is about Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard, uh, which, you know, gosh, it would make a really long name if you were just to combine all that Microsoft Activision whatever. A-Map. Halo. Halo. <laughs> Mana. Um, and um, what what caught my attention on this one was the fact that Metaverse, of course, is like showing up every which way. and the Even article, in our t- show titles. <laughs> uh, amazingly, you know, we're you hashtags everywhere, right? So uh, it's almost as if we might know one or two things about this subject. Um, this particular article caught my eye because of the... The value proposition around Microsoft having so many of the properties, both hardware and software, that can make up the metaverse set of capabilities. So if you think does, about does
0: does that mean that Master Chief can come in and take out Sylvanas? Potentially right going from halo into world of warcraft that's
2: the metaverse it's those those linkages between all these different properties well, so so the the supposition here talks about Microsoft having Minecraft, right? So, yeah, you could have a creeper in the midst of all that, too, if, if we follow that same theme. Uh, and you could get from place to place by playing Flight Simulator and just kind of zoom over Oahu and, you know, maybe drop into Fortnite. Well, that's not a Microsoft property. But um, <laughs> in anywho, the, the notion of these software properties are certainly there, and you combine them with... HoloLens, which gives you that AR overlay, you know, helps you get where you might need to go. Um, Plus you can connect them, gosh, almost in a business fashion, I don't know. Uh, that's crazy talk. I don't know what you're talking about there. I don't know anything about that. But but it's it, you've got a serious company in the form of Microsoft that has originated, certainly in the business space, made a big splash, and has for quite a long while with Xbox and platform games and, and much, much more. And this is the connection. Um, and okay. as I'm just saying this right now, I'm like, wow, You know, I, 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 I guess I intuitively realized that. But this sixty nine billion with a B from Bloomberg business Week. Um, uh, acquisition is really solidifying the approach of joining these technologies in a way that will impact our future and probably our future's future as we go forward
1: well I think there's a couple of interesting yeah. things here there's one of them is the rising cost obviously of these acquisitions um Across Microsoft's time um, buying into these games companies, of course, you also need to be aware that they're of different sizes. So they bought Mojang, they bought um, ZeniMax Bethesda, and they've now acquired Activision Blizzard as well. Um, I imagine there are some smaller studios, even than those that they've also picked up along the way for for the Xbox platform, but I, I haven't got a list of them in front of me. You mentioned the HoloLens piece. Um, this is a story from January and back at the beginning of February, we, I think, talked about the fact that there was a rumour that they may have in fact have cancelled the the next generation or the, the HoloLens right. 3, I think. So mm-hmm. right. maybe they're think- rethinking. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh Finally, there's the call-out in this story that we've spoken about in the past around whether or not the concept of metaverse that Nadella is talking about is the same one that... Zuckerberg is talking about Uh, in order to where in order to like enter the the meta metaverse uh, you probably need a meta oculus Um, whereas that wouldn't necessarily be the case with microsoft (laughs) having said that we spoke about the uh, minecraft being available as a as a side load on the oculus as well which i still haven't got to trying so yeah i think it's it is interesting i didn't know that they were planning to provide a metaverse version of Teams, which um, they they talk about in here as well.
2: And, and there's some really intriguing things that Microsoft is in the, the middle of right now, too, like in the learning space with Viva. I don't know if, if you guys have seen much about that, but the notion of just-in-time learning that mm-hmm. is based upon skills inference, that is based upon potentially conversations that you're having in Teams or... Email you're exchanging via Outlook or documents that you're sharing with your colleagues. Th- there's so, so many intriguing ways that these elements overlap with one another. I accidentally,
1: just, I accidentally wow. ended up as an, a, a as a Microsoft Teams administrator for a short period recently because, um, ouch, <laughs> my wife was congratulations my wife was trying I'm to sorry. set up tra- trying to set up a webinar on on her her corporate or her company's Teams, and uh, we ended up trawling through various. Instructions and knowledge base articles, trying to figure out how to make this work. What sort of package, packaging of teams you needed, and what add-ons you needed, and whether she was paying the right subscription. And then it was pushing a lot of that. You know, whether or not you had the the e-learning um, or whatever you just mentioned, Michael. The I was about uh, to say you need
0: some just-in-time yeah, learning on yeah, that to yeah. make sure that it taught you the correct thing to buy. Exactly. We used um, to call that marketing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Want to execute this business process? <laughs> Insert credit card.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, um, yeah, it's interesting to kind of see this this article just from the the discussion that we had before, um, and and kind of tying it to some of the new things as as you've mentioned, Andy, with the with the whole Hololens discussion. I, I still am wondering uh, how this will all play out. I can I can imagine. With Microsoft having their own kind of, I can't remember what it's called, what 360 Games Pass or whatever it is, right, where you can uh, get access to games across all these different properties um, with a, a single monthly fee. Uh, we talked about you know feeding the beast when you have a SaaS, you know, monthly payment thing where you want to keep people engaged on it. I can see this going lots of different ways. One is the metaverse way, right, because these are Immersive uh, virtual environments, uh, not through Hololens or, or VR of sorts, but uh, they could be extended in that way. Two, I can see it as just a way of feeding the the SaaS beast on gaming, um, and and three, uh, you know, taking it out to that that next layer of engagement with. You know, as you say, a Hololens version of Teams, uh, but taking advantage of the the technology and the skills that they acquired in this acquisition. Uh, I I do find it uh, a little in little crazy uh, on the prices. Uh, to that point, right? The, the the fact that they're paying $69 billion roughly uh, for a couple of different gaming platforms um, does seem a bit excessive to me. Uh, even if you take the current SaaS run rate and multiply it out by 10 years, how, how big is um, Activision Blizzard right now on yearly revenue? I mean, what's the multiplier that they're paying right now for this? Well, there is a chart in the
1: thing which shows you the the valuation versus what Microsoft was paying um, towards the bottom and and how the valuation Yeah, I'm not
0: worried about valuation. I I mean, when you're 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 acquiring a SaaS, yeah?
1: Absolutely. It's usually a multiplier. I I, I totally understand, but it sounds to me like you were just upset that they're buying Warcraft and uh,
0: you didn't get a No, I think it might actually be a good thing. I, I might. It might actually be a good thing. What, what value are those skills you learned from
1: managing resources and and raids in World of Warcraft? That's the question you need to be asking, Michael.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't manage them. <laughs> I, I, I'm a caster. I sit in the back and go
2: pew 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 pew. <laughs> well, it's DPS, all the skills baby. that you need, uh, you know, to run an effective SharePoint implementation. Really, basically.
0: Well, yeah, it's it's meeting sniping, right? Yeah.
2: Oh, you the need person who sits in the back document. of the meeting and snipes. Boof, buff. <laughs> <laughs> I I it, I I have I mean I've thought about the Microsoft set of capabilities now for for a while, but I hadn't actually put them together in in that broader set of terms in terms of Office, in terms of productivity, in terms of sharing documents, in terms of discovery, learning, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, I I didn't realize until I read, reading the article that the first acquisition that uh, Nadella actually did was the uh, Minecraft yeah. acquisition. Mm, mm. And so, yeah. hmm, um, it, it isn't just games. Uh, to me, it's also about place, right? So when you think about the people who have grown up playing Minecraft and my kids, I count my kids very much in that. They're extraordinarily comfortable in terms of understanding virtual places and what it takes to construct them and and then have experiences in that way, too. And in, in the economy that we're in right now, uh, material things are still important, for sure, but so are experiences. And all of this can lend itself extraordinarily well to both work uh, and Recreation experiences and and Microsoft is doing a great job in, in encompassing and kind of surrounding that space. Now, um, if we move on to to the next article, um, Andy, you you did mention a, a bit here about Zuckerberg and, and about Meta already earlier, mm-hmm. and uh, in the conversation that we had recently about the idea of um, using artificial intelligence and uh, voice to object creation, yeah. uh, the notion of artificial intelligence and machine learning and self-supervising learning is going to be more and more important as the confluence of these technologies come together. So, that's the purpose of this VentureBeat article is is kind of saying, okay, so AI is going to be the glue in a lot of these respects and that reminded me, Andy, of, of your point on the HoloLens too. Uh, HoloLens, HoloDeck, excuse me, mm. um, about and, and and I reflected on that as like, you know, the the holodeck experience that you can get today in the meta metaverse experience is probably like our 8-bit version of mm. our games, you know, today, too. Well, we're going to look back on this time and say, isn't that quaint? Right? <laughs> and it's going to be the AI that's going to be able to interpret, um, what did you say, Michael? I want a picnic blanket over there. And it's like, yeah. okay, boom. Right? Right. Where's there? Yeah. Where's there? Well, it, it already knows where there is because your AI has been listening to you for a while and there means. And like, watching where your eyes are looking, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so I'm I'm kind of excited about this too, because the AI aspect um is going to be important and that's gonna help with the evolution and speed the evolution from our Current eight-bit metaverse reality into something that is a whole heck of a lot more immersive, uh, natural, expected, and uh,
0: user-friendly. To say say it,
1: I love your comment. Just then, it's going it's going off at a tangent, but I loved your comment about the eight-bit. Version of what might be in the future, Um, what being what we're looking at now, it reminded me of a story that I saw in the last week or so of this person who's been creating demakes of modern games. So they've made a a a PlayStation One demake of Elden Ring, which is the current sort of uh, hot game. Um, So it's kind of a it looks okay. I mean, it's very jaggedy, um, but it you know it, it doesn't look like Terrible! It does look realistically like the kind of games we played on PS One, as we were trying to push the envelope for those um, environments. And that, um, yeah, I mean, demakes are kind of a bit of a craze in the game making world, where you sort of take a, you know, a, a modern flashy game and reduce it to the most basic, basic. So there's mm-hmm. a There's an Atari 2600 version of Halo, um, which is hilarious oh, and man. hilarious and quite fun. <laughs> Um, you're just this little two D little stick man that sort of walks around a landscape and fires a one pixel bullet at baddies, but it, it's kind of a fun. big square one pixel yeah. bullet. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not it's not the worst. Um, and having the knowledge of what you're playing now, and then going back and trying some sort of earlier iteration that that, that never was is kind of hilarious.
2: It's a it's a prequel kind of building i I love this but but how how do you get that real experience of like that you know that membrane keyboard for the atari right
1: right 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 (laughs)
2: you know because that that's so that's so visceral to that experience not like my clickety clackety keyboard (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so cool um so the next article that we had on the list i'm reaching over to, to go move my self-forward here is one from mashable and michael you you saw this too which you know was kind of fun it's a a version Uh. of the boston dynamics spot that is like smaller and it's a kit that you can build and enjoy and have fun and then control it and run around yeah this is a a, a, i can't remember if it's a yeah it's a
0: it was originally a kickstarter yeah uh and uh, this is this is so cool and uh It's $300, (laughs) it's 300 bucks <laughs> but you build your own spot basically uh, you can get a cat one a dog one whatever and it moves almost exactly the same way there's a different attachment you can put light sensors on it uh, so that you can have it follow a moving object etc uh, and uh, yeah it's I didn't recognize what board uh, I guess it's yeah. What board did they use for it? I think
1: hmm, I'm going to have to go through and check. I was going to say I thought it was a – I know there's a Raspberry Pi add-on for it. I can't remember what board it is. Yeah,
0: and there's an Arduino add-on to to it also. But I don't know if it's a custom board uh, with these additional add-ons. But it's it's pretty impressive. And as a way of teaching yourself some of the basics of robotics – it really is a leap forward than what I remember back in the day of Robotechnic, right, <laughs> which uh, was <clears throat> you had one little motor on it and everything else was just, you know, gears spinning, not, not full on uh, uh, AI based robotic dog movements. And it writes itself, too. Yeah, so that was a, impressive, right? So
1: it's an 18 mega 328. So it is a, an Arduino-style board. Um, it's the chip that that you have in the Arduino Uno, um, which does the coordination. Um, they tried really hard to sell me this on on Kickstarter as a recommended thing that I should look at, um, and I never yeah. never bit on this one. I've got plenty of other things that still haven't shipped, um, and I do <laughs> continuously still back other things. But for some reason, I didn't jump on this one um, and then didn't do, uh, do as much reading as I'm doing now which makes me want it yes <laughs> uh, I it, have no it, use it looks impressive I have no use for this but it looks impressive now that you're uh, making so, me read so, 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 Andy, in I, detail. You
0: I, I have to ask the question though of, of all the different ones that you've ordered how many did you actually have use for versus I want it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need
1: to still do that audit at some point of go through my Kickstarter history and figure out which things I regularly still use. And there are a few. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, that one was one. I think I must have had on. Did I even? Can I see that I had it on my save list? No, I can't anymore. If I did, but um, it was definitely one that you didn't save your save list. There's another thing <laughs> which I've just backed more recently, which is called the Jolly module. Um, which is um, a chip that replaces the one on the original Arduinos, the ones which had the user-replaceable chips with pins rather than the surface-mount mm-hmm, surface, mm-hmm. surface mount, um, soldered ones. And what that does is it takes that original chip, uh, replaces it with an identically-sized um, integrated chip um, which has Wi-Fi built in. Um, oh, so it will basically let you take an original um, Arduino Uno and add Wi-Fi just by replacing the, the brain of it rather than adding a shield on top, um, which mm-hmm. is which is amazing
0: and it costs less than10 dollars. Um, so, so what you're saying is uh, by replacing your brain, you can reach out further right <laughs>
1: Right now, I mean, I've been playing more and more with things like um, the SP32 and some of the sort of more the the sort of thumb end of a thumb-sized boards that have Wi-Fi and BLE all in, integrated in the chip. But this is really cool that you can go back to the Arduino Uno, which is 15 years old, and uh, literally just unplug the, the the main chip and replace it with this new one, and totally you know reinvigorate it, and you still have access, obviously, to all of the Shields and add-ons So uh but anyway I, I'm again digressing from the uh, that's a, that's another kickstarter I've recently backed but um yeah I I don't know I'm going to have to look through my projects and see which ones are ones that I use regularly. I just used yeah, I I've just cool. I was away this this week uh this past weekend and and a few days this week and I've I used um an awesome uh for the first time uh, an awesome um backpack which I'd got through a A Kickstarter with a bunch of add-on pouches and you know stuff, and that was the first time I'd actually because we've not been traveling anywhere for the last two years. um, (laughs) That was the first time I'd use that, which was which was quite helpful.
2: Well, if you if you were to have this robot, you could use it to kind of move your cheer lights around your space. Good use. Yeah, it it could pick them up and move them for you, or or you just mount it and just have the cheer lights be you know directed at a place that needs some cheer.
0: You could get multiple of the robots and have it move the whole strips
2: around. I, what, what I thought was really cool here, too, is that it's got these, the, the graduated set of languages. I, when I watched the video, I saw, at least I think of what I, I saw in there, was Scratch as places, well. And my kids were both big Scratch programmers uh, a few years ago. And that you can graduate up you know, on the software side, much like Andy, you were describing also on the hardware side as mm. well so that that's also really cool so i didn't i thought about it as uh, as well 300 dollars is like okay if i was going to do this i would need to dedicate the time and make sure i right. was going to get everything out of it that i possibly could and i would want to do yeah
0: yeah that was my
2: reaction too. it was like oh that's so cool yeah i'm not gonna will <laughs> will I won't have time now, now thinking about a different game, but um, but coming back to something that's super popular too, Wordle, which was an acquisition by uh, the New York Times, uh, is uh, the, some, New the, York Times. the New York Times, right? Um, is something you can play on a Game Boy. Um, so, I thought this was kind of interesting, and the screen from the Game Boy is you know reminding me of course very much like oh yeah that's exactly it and wouldn't it be kind of cool to have the ability to do this not just on your phone um uh you can do it on your phone so it's already there and if you have the new york times app you already got it too but this is a neat implementation well we've talked about
1: you know weird and interesting things on the game boy like office suites (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um i do love this actually um so they've, they've managed to get the whole of wordle including the nearly thirteen 000 strong vocabulary um and answer list into a 32k cartridge with the code and i, I kind of love it i mean I, I i presumably i can download this and play it on a on a uh, on one of my consoles that runs an emulator, which I need to do now that I'm I'm looking at this again. I, I think I sent this your way during the week. Uh, and yep. I, I you know it, there's there's life in these systems, you know, they they just because they're older, uh, doesn't mean that you can't implement similar games in in, in in there. And the Wordle itself is a is a beautifully simple addictive game.
2: Yeah, I I, I love it wasn't that just a an amazing idea of a simple game like that that had that social aspect to it that just made it take off in such a hurry
0: are, um, are either of you still playing it no no you know. it got it got so much
1: <laughs> got so much harder I it no, no I didn't really it was just the same but um no i i <laughs> i gave up quite quickly after um, it was it was very addictive for a week or two um, yeah, And I, a group of my friends still play it and still compare their scores in a chat group we have every day and discuss the outcomes and things. But um, once it started to go to the point where, you know, there was this sort of infinite number of variations and I see there's another story in the last 24 hours about the App Store being inundated with clones again, um, you know, I think... I, I love I love the fact that something so simple and so 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 basic and without social features became this um, sensation and people were, really got um, I think became closer together and had more more to talk about together. I think that was just a great yep. thing. Um, but well, no, I, I don't play that now.
2: So I've been thinking a little bit more about Wordle too, and I've, I'm mulling on an idea for a game that. Mm takes advantage of some of the characteristics of Wordle, too. And to me, uh, the social aspect of it, as well as the not knowing in the beginning what it was, like, so when people would go on their social media accounts and and tweet or put on Facebook or whatever, the graphic representation of their score, Mm. and people didn't understand it at first, is like, what is this? What's going on here? You know, gave that smidge of mystery, and and then drove traffic so that is a game mechanic that i'm giving some thought to um now that could get annoying right so the the 27th time something like that happens is like okay so i don't really care so much but it's an interesting angle to get new subscribers to pay attention to something so I, I'm curious to your your take on that. Do, do you do you think that that was maybe a really strong hook in addition to the simplicity of the game no. that really kind of made made it take off or not? I, th- I think it was um, obviously part of what made it go viral is,
1: is the is that look, but I don't think that was a planned thing. I, I genuinely don't believe that was a sort of designed designed in element that um, hmm. that the creator intended necessarily.
2: Interesting. Um, all right, so wrapping up the show, we've got one last thing to talk about. And, and Andy, this this was really something that attracted my attention to what you had. So there's there's another Game Boy, except this Game Boy is
0: really, really, really tiny.
2: Uh, ah. and, and could you put Wordle on it? <laughs> and you shared a picture or two of it in our in our chats, and I was like, "Okay, you got to tell us more about this." So, so how did you come across this? Was this just another one of the the Kickstarter sort of things or Indiegogo?
1: Yeah, in it was. I think it was. I'm I'm certain it was posted about by one of the Raspberry Pi blogs because it contains the RP2040 chip microcontroller. Um, but this is um, by the same people that made a tiny make a, a number of tiny things. They make a tiny. Uh, television, which I recently picked up from them because it was so cute. Uh, and you can play, <laughs> it's about an inch more, a bit about an inch square, less than that, and you can play videos, tiny videos off of a tiny SD card on it. Well, micro SD card. Um, it's no tinier yep. than normal SD card. Um, yeah, tiny circuits make a number of incredible little um, things that are more or less Arduino-based in most cases. They've got, uh, I'm just trying to think, they've got a, the Pocket Arcade sit- machines, they also have a tiny, sa- a tiny lightsaber, uh, a tiny piano, and a tiny violin. The- All of these things are working, by the way. They're not just, uh, yeah, they're not just uh, for show. I mean, they are for show, but they they actually work. And in the case of the the thummy, um, it's a Game Boy styley um, thing, which is about the size of your end- the end of your thumb, um, that fits on a keychain, and it works. It's got pressable buttons and a usable D-pad ish. And, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, not all the buttons are functional. Some of them are just for show. But um, you can load additional games over uh, the micro USB port. You can code them in Arduino C or in MicroPython because it supports anything that the RP2040 supports and comes in a range of colors. And it's also got... So you really
0: should try to put
2: the Wordle on there. I I think you should.
1: (laughs) You know what? It's possible, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's absolutely possible. That, I would, think
2: that would make for something super fun, wouldn't I, it?
1: I'd be amazed if somebody hasn't already thought of it. but um it's yeah, it's I will say it's fun. It's ridiculously difficult for me to to make out. I've been playing their blocks game, which is their Tetris alike, and the alignment just where you're trying to line up to, to finish a, a row or column is just mind boggling. I, I yeah. Maybe I just need to play it sort of at midday when I'm most wide awake after several coffees to have my best vision or something. But
2: D- Does it have the um, the 8-bit sound to go along with the 8-bit it games? It does not have sound.
1: Um, oh, oh. At least, I, at least, well, at least the games I've played it. don't. I'm just going down and looking. I don't think so. It's got five preloaded games. Uh, so It's got a space shooter similar to asteroids, a snake game, a dungeon game and a running and jumping dinosaur game that you might recognize. Uh, well, it's not, it's not the same as that one, <laughs> but it's very similar. Um, but yeah, it's hope you know, you can open source, you can create the games in a, in a web-based IDE and load them from there into, it does have a, a piezo speaker, so it should be to buzz or make some kind of noise, but I haven't used that yet. Um, and it has, it also has the ability to, to link multiple ones. So you can play, play multiplayer head to head, uh, similar to the old game boy link cable you can you can mm. it's funny because it's a micro usb on both ends which is very rare um but yeah it, it is hilarious and cool and funny and fun and i put it next to my real game well my real new game boy um I, I took a picture of it sitting on top of my macbook and it's about the size of the the scoop in the apple logo um
2: so yeah it's, it's fun <laughs> The, um, the website um, for this has a picture or a little gif of a bee who's playing on it as well. And um, when, when you mentioned uh, MicroPython, uh, uh. of course, my brain went to Monty Python and Eric's half a bee song, too. So lo- love, 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 love this. And I love the names of the games, too. They, they kind of remind me of uh, the McDonald's knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go look at the other games that people have made for
1: it as well, because I'm curious now um, what I could load and try out on there. Uh, again, I, I got got home from my, my trip, and uh, it was one of the things waiting for me, and I opened it up, played with it, and put it to one side. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's something I need to write more about and explore more. So, so, so I did throw one thing into the show notes, right, uh, early, just as a quick hit for people to look at and think about. I heard this on uh, uh, one of the other tech shows uh, this week, and that is the, uh, the Canna, uh, which uh, basically is a beverage machine that has a CO2 container, hooks up to your water, And then a vat of like 30 chemicals. And the base of the chemicals, or material, can make hundreds and hundreds of different cold and alcoholic beverages. Hmm. Where they auto-ship you every month and don't charge you for the shipping or the cartridges, but they charge you per drink out of it. And and I know you guys didn't see it go into the show notes, but uh take a look at I'd like to get your perspectives, I'd like to get our listeners' perspectives. Cause this this actually is really interesting for, for the future of some of the technology, I think, because it's again changing the business model. And uh the the reviews that I saw on it and I'll try to find one link on that, uh basically said it it tasted like the things, like <laughs> It can do
2: orange juice. It can do a mimosa. So the vat has (laughs) orange essence and vodka essence in it? Basic. it has an alcohol
0: container (laughs) and flavor containers. And by mixing and matching the flavor profiles, it will taste like a mimosa. Hmm.
2: It's, it's, it's a really like interesting... A the, the
0: best description I heard of it was it was kind of like an MP3. It's a drink printer. Right? Where it cuts out all the stuff that's not relevant, and it still sounds the same. In this case, still tastes the same. So, hmm. uh, very, very cool, interesting technology. I can imagine this like on the space station, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Earl Grey. And it's, they're, they're selling it in its startup for four ninety nine for the device. And then it's like 75, uh, 75 cents for carbonated, wa- uh, uh, like a, a seltzer, two ninety nine for a mixed
2: drink, right? And that's so, kind of the range so per it really drink. is a buy-the-drink It's
0: truly solution. a buy-the-drink in your house, <laughs> but it's constantly got all the equipment and, and content that it needs to make hundreds
2: and hundreds of different drinks. What was the flavor packet thing that that was around for a while and that went toes up it 's not that you 're thinking of the
0: pods ones yeah, where it yeah. basically was an was it was a juice pod and basically it literally just squeezed it uh, but anyway, I know we 're out of time. Uh, I figured this'd be an interesting one. I threw it in early and didn 't get it to, the, to to our attention, but uh, take a look at it. like to hear your thoughts. And if you want to give us your thoughts, you should drop us a tweet over at at gamesatwork.biz or drop us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. We'd really appreciate it. See you next time. Bye. See ya. You've been listening to gamesatwork.biz, the podcast about gaming technology and play. We are part of the Blueberry Podcasting Network. And we'd like to thank the band Random Encounters for their song, Big Blue. You can follow us on Twitter at gamesatwork underscore biz or at our website at gamesatwork.biz.